Welcome to Grad Chats with Dr. B. I'm your host, Dr. B, and today I'm chatting with Dr. Victoria Grove Scott, who is Dean of the College of Education here at the University of Central Arkansas. Dr. Grove Scott, thank you for joining me in this episode of Grad Chats with Dr. B. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you, and I'm excited to, to chat this morning. So to get us started, uh, tell, tell me a little bit about your background. Like, who are you outside of UCA or maybe what you did before coming to UCA? Sure. So I grew up in Arkansas. So I, I grew up, I say, on the lakes and rivers in Arkansas. My family loved to fish and, and hike and swim and boat. And, um, and I carried that with me all of my life. I have lived in Missouri and Kansas and Illinois for most of my adult life and just moved back to Arkansas six years ago to take the position of Dean um, and the College of Education. So it's really exciting for me to be here in the natural state because I'm able to do hiking and boating and kayaking and canoeing. Um, and I love to do those things. I particularly love to do those things with my family. And when I can get my two adult-ish sons. <laughs> Gotta love adult-ish sons. <laughs> yes, who are 20 and 24 to join me on these things. I, I really enjoy that. So that's kind of me outside of work. Oh, and I do have a lovely seven-month-old boxer puppy who keeps me very busy right now. And what's the name of your boxer puppy? Her name is Nola, like New Orleans, Louisiana, because I'm very fond of New Orleans. And um, she followed my last boxer um, who was named St. Louis. So, you know, St. Louis and New Orleans. There you go. Nice. Well, you talk, you mentioned that you've been, I guess, a dean now for six years. And so when you think back um, over your time, what's a good day look like? So can you describe a good day for you as the dean of the College of Education? Well, right now with COVID, a good day is anything where I get to get out and walk across campus because I spend <laughs> most of my day behind plexiglass and I'm not kidding you. So you walk into my office and my desk is encased in plexiglass. So if I can get behind or out of the plexiglass, that's a really good day. But normally without COVID, um, a good day is a day that I get to interact. So a day that I'm doing less paperwork and report writing and, um, and you know passing along budget items um, it's where I'm working with faculty members, we're talking about our research, I'm learning about their teaching, I'm working with our students, I'm meeting with graduate students and talking about their needs and what they're doing in their classes. I sit on dissertation committees, so if I get a chance to work with our student in a dissertation committee, that is a really good day. I recently um, had a graduate student, I guess she graduated last year, um, with her PhD and I was on her dissertation committee and I loved every bit of that. So that interaction is really important to me and that makes the day amazing. Cool. You mentioned your research. What types of research are you interested in or conducting? What studies are you doing? So the um, College of Education is an Apple Distinguished School, and that's typically done at the undergraduate level because our undergraduates get iPads, and we work with our undergraduates in using how um, in in learning how to use technology to transform the K twelve classroom. 
So I'm really interested in work in mobile technology and research in mobile technology. And in fact, mm -hmm. um, Dr. B and I. <laughs> As in me? <laughs> yes. Yes. We have a book chapter that we published last year and a, um, a journal article. And we're working on some more research related to her area of expertise, which is math education, and my area, which is technology. So we put those two things together and are working with projects and research that really incorporate those two things. So I love that. I also am really interested in educational equity. So I have some research going on in educational equity. And then you know, my research in general is reading instruction, phonemic awareness, um, assessment, classroom assessment, um, and assistive technology. Wow, you've got your research hat filled with lots of different things going on. That's awesome. I like to have a very eclectic approach to research. So uh -huh. I, I haven't been somebody who's really centered my research in one particular area. Like I only, I started out doing research in, um, in reading instruction. And I haven't centered on that one particular area. I've been really, um, you know, eclectic in how I've approached my research. So I have research that's in freshman, new freshman seminar, and I have research in PE and research in assistive technology, but they all really center around K-12 education or, and mm -hmm. most of it centers around disability. Yeah. Nice. I bet some people would be surprised to learn that a dean actually continues to engage in these things, you know, so well, that's exciting to hear. Fortunately, I have a colleague and friend, Dr. B, <laughs> <laughs> who shares similar research interests and that we really enjoy working together. And so that's been really nice. Yeah, it does help to have a, a cool collaborator that you enjoy being around. Is this the time where I weave in the sentence about how you're amazing? And no. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, you should have warned me when you told me that it comes later. Okay. So um, over your six years that you've been at UCA, what is something that has occurred that you are particularly proud of? And that might be something that you were responsible for or something you oversaw, or it might just be something that you've observed. So as a dean, I think that the things that make me most proud are the things that bring everybody together. So I never do anything by myself. I mean, not even my research is by myself, I work with you. So it's the collaboration and bringing people together. And the two big initiatives that we've had in the college that I believe have transformed the culture and the work that's done in the college is the iPad initiative, our mobile learning initiative with the Apple iPad at the undergraduate level, and then our um, diversity and educational equity work. And that has been significant and transformative. So two years ago, we got um, a Winthrop Rockefeller Foundation grant, and we brought in trainers who um, were working with disruptive educational equity. And we worked through very, very intensive um, professional development on race and, and educational equity. And most of the faculty, we've kind of split the faculty up into two groups. So half of the faculty did it the first year, half of the faculty did, the, did it the other year. And then we have six people who went through the trainer of trainers program. And I was one of those people and, and really got into equity and diversity training. And then this year we have another group of faculty going through that um, trainer of trainers program. And that has really allowed us to, um, to 
to change the culture in the college in that not only are we looking at, you know, what we're putting in our courses and doing curriculum audits, are we, are we talking about educational equity in our P-12 classrooms or in our library science program, in our school counseling program? Are we really talking about educational equity um, but we've also taken that opportunity to really look at our practices and our policies and think about who do these privilege and who might they disadvantage. And that's the work that has been really um, important and valuable because we are changing some of the policies that we have that we've kind of inherited that essentially set up barriers, structural barriers to people who were trying to get into teacher education or trying to get into our graduate programs mm -hmm. or trying to matriculate through the program or trying to get a PhD or are trying to finish their PhD. And so I think that that work has allowed us to support and encourage and provide opportunities that weren't in place when I came to the college. And that would be definitely the thing I am the most proud of. Very nice. So you mentioned that sort of the precursor to all of that work around the curriculum and identifying obstacles and all was some training around um, diversity, equity, inclusion, those types of ideas. So I'm wondering how the ideas that perhaps your faculty have learned in those trainings over that two year period, um, how do those ideas permeate the graduate programs in the College of Education or do they? They absolutely do. We have graduate programs that are related to professional education. So we have a library program for um, school librarians. We've got school counselors. We have um, instructional technology people, but then we also have, and we've got the master's programs that are for teachers, so practicing teachers. But we also have programs like college student personnel. And, um, and we've got a PhD program that is is undergoing some revision, which I will talk about in a second. But all of those programs have, their faculty have started to look at curriculum and they've started to look at what are they doing in their classes and what are the projects that they're doing that are preparing teachers and leaders and professionals to really look at things through an equity lens. And that's, that's, really important is taking a step back and looking at something through an equity lens. So it might make perfect sense, you know, we're going to change this right here, this, this little bitty thing, we're going to tweak it and, and we're going to make, we're going to put some kind of rule in place. And that rule may seem really logical, but if you look at it through an equity lens, you will see that that particular rule will disadvantage some people. Mm -hmm. And and is that rule actually going to be what you want? So is it going to lead to the outcomes that you're looking for? And how could we get that same outcome without putting in a rule that will exclude some people? Mm -hmm. And that's really important in our graduate programs. Um, I, just that curriculum change has been really, really important. The other thing is that um, we have redesigned our PhD program, which... Um, which is the only research PhD program we have at, at UCA. 
and um, it's going through the process of redesign right now. We're hoping to begin the program in, in the summer and it's, it's at the state level for approval, but it was an interdisciplinary leadership PhD mm -hmm. and we're still going to keep that part of it, but we're also adding um, a school leadership PhD for people who wanna be a superintendent or a school principal. And we're adding a digital age leading and learning. And we have specifically redesigned those three to focus on equity. So we're looking at equity and social justice and that equity lens. So we're preparing leaders in a PhD program who will lead in all of these different areas with that equity lens and with um, the knowledge and background of how to make sure that we are supporting and encouraging as many people as possible to reach their potential. And it's all about human development and potential. Nice, so are there actual um, classes around equity in that PhD program or is it more like ideas that are interwoven into perhaps currently existing or how does, we, what does that look like in that PhD program? So we have specific courses related to educational equity in the program and we have interwoven it through the entire program. So it's not only embedded, but there are particular classes that, um, that we're, we're teaching related to equity. Nice, very nice. I imagine that there are a lot of people that might be interested in, in the, that particular PhD program. Because of that, like oftentimes those ideas are perhaps a small component of a larger class, but to see it as like a major theme of a program should be of interest to potential um, students for that program. I'm really, really excited about it. It's going to be um, an online program, mostly online. I think we're going to have some um, residents during the summer where you come mm -hmm. in for a weekend or for maybe a week. Um, but I see this as being a cutting edge, um, innovative, and and transformational PhD program. The other thing that we're doing with that program that I think is really interesting is we're giving options for the dissertation. You know, so back in the day when I went through um, mm -hmm. a PhD program, it was about um, that dissertation, which is that huge, huge, huge research project that, mm -hmm. you know, kind of sits on a shelf and doesn't always move past that. And we're giving options for people to actually produce journals. So to an article that would go into a professional journal, which then, you know, adds to the professional journal and is, is really something that is very, very practical and, um, and allows us to move our students to move the discipline forward. So they're going to be working in, in doing real life projects with research, which I'm very excited about as well. Yeah, and that's probably as exciting to students. Like I, it's one thing to get your dissertation done and check it off and say, yay, I did it. It's another thing to have it published and appear in a journal um, and to see yourself out in press, right? The, and to be cited by other people is more likely to occur from a journal article. So that's really cool. It is exciting. When you are talking to potential graduate students about your graduate programs, how do you convince them that they should come to UCA? You know, like there's plenty, there's lots of different programs out there. Um, how do you convince someone that UCA is the place that they should attend? One word, our faculty. Well, I guess that okay. was two words. <laughs> that is two words. <laughs> One word. So talk a little bit about the faculty. faculty. Why, why is that like that should be the deciding factor? 
So um, our faculty are super engaged. They are really, really engaged with their students. They um, are, um, they're all involved in their own research. So they're researchers, they're leading in the field and they're leading in the classroom. So their classes are, um, are personalized. They are meeting with their students outside of class. They are putting in projects and internships and field experiences that really transform that person's learning. And it allows you to get this real hands-on and practical, but at the same time, you know, you understand the theory and the logic behind what you're doing. Um, I think our faculty make the difference. And that's true at the undergraduate level and true at the graduate level. But mm -hmm. I believe that our faculty are more engaged than, um, than a lot of faculty. And you're, you're not going to come and meet with um, you know, a, a graduate assistant. You're going to come and meet with somebody who has a doctorate in that particular mm -hmm. area. And, um, and you're going to get that time. And they're leading their own research groups. So we've got lots of research groups. Dr. Lewis Nadelson leads a research group with his, and I think Dr. Malcolm North as well, in his research methods class, where they're, the faculty are engaging with the students in research projects before they do you know, a dissertation or something that's, that's theirs. So they're working with the faculty and they get that really practical um, and, and collaborative time with a faculty member, which I think is, is something that is a huge strength for our programs, all of them. Absolutely. It sounds um, not only are the faculty engaged, but they're willing to mentor students. Like I yeah. imagine as they're going through this process, there's the mentoring piece that really supports the students in being successful. Yes. That's awesome. What our, advice? Yes. Oh, go ahead. Our CSPA program is, uh -huh. uh, is, you know, something that's that I'm also really proud of because we are preparing the next generation of people who will lead universities and colleges and mm -hmm. learning how to support and encourage that. So it's at the graduate level, but it's also influencing the future of undergraduate education, which is, mm -hmm. is kind of unique and very cool. Yeah, awesome. What advice would you give to students who are currently in your graduate graduate programs? Um, so always the advice to reach out to your faculty members, you know, get involved with your faculty, um, work with them on projects, try to um, develop those relationships or take advantage of opportunities that are given to you that are mentoring projects or working on research. And then making connections with the other people who are in your graduate programs. I have friends today who I went to the master's program with and friends who I went um, through the University of Kansas um, PhD program. And those are colleagues that I, I hope that I will keep forever. And it's this intellectual um, scholarship community that you have with them where, you know, I can call somebody, my background is special education. So I can call someone who I went through the PhD program with at the University of Kansas and say, hey, you know, I read this research on blank and what do you think about this? Mm -hmm. And so that is kind of invigorating and exciting and it keeps you really kind of up to date. So I would encourage our students to make connections to their faculty members and make connections to the peers in your program so that you can continue that intellectual um, curiosity that you have. Yeah, that's really good advice. It also gives you like a peer support network. We talk about graduate school, it's tough. Most of the time individuals are, they're not just students. 
they're often parents, they're often significant others to someone, they are, a lot of times they're working. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's no such thing as balance, really. <laughs> and no. so having that group that you can um, reach out to for support in a, in a lot of different ways can be the difference maker for succeeding in graduate education. So that's wonderful advice that you've uh, offered us. Um, I'm wondering if there's anything else you'd like to share as we wrap up our time together chatting today. Maybe this is the place where I weave in that you're amazing. <laughs> if you say that, I may have to like take you out to lunch or something. <laughs> um, I would, I'd just like to say that, you know, I'm first generation college student and I definitely think my undergraduate degree changed, changed my, you know, my potential in my life. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I'm, I'm so, I've gotten the opportunity, opportunity to do so much more than I ever thought I would get. And, and so that undergraduate degree started me on this path, but mm -hmm. my graduate degrees moved me forward. Right. So I get to be a college professor, you know, something that I never thought I'd get to be. Um, I get to be the dean for our college of education. I get to be a leader and our graduate programs will prepare you to lead in whatever field or whatever discipline that you're interested in. You get to be the person that, um, that decides how to form a group that will move an institution forward. You get to be the innovator. And, um, and that is so exciting. And one of the most important things about a graduate program. And so I, I think I would just like to say that it's made a huge difference in my personal life. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I can see this as opening up doors for our graduate students and encourage everybody to get a graduate degree if they can. Very nice. You know, I've shared with people before that I grew up in Alabama, um, never expecting to be anywhere else but Alabama. But as a direct result of me going through graduate school and, and attaining graduate degrees has been the opportunity to live in various different states. And that's done a couple of things. One, I appreciate my home of Alabama. Um, mm -hmm. I see the difference. You know, I understand what makes it special because I left it and can look back. Um, but then too, it has certainly broadened my worldview. And uh, given a lot of the challenges that we see and read about and hear about on the news, that's really important these days. So I appreciate you sharing that bit in regards to your path related to graduate education. Most of the traveling, you know, you know, building that worldview is often mm -hmm. related to going other places. Mm -hmm. And most of the travel that I have done has been through professional work. So mm -hmm. I was able to go to Ireland and present at a, a research conference. Mm -hmm. And I was able to go to China and, um, and work with K-12 education as a part of the University of Central Arkansas. And then I've just been all over, you know, Seattle and Arizona. And <laughs> I've been all over presenting my research at conference. Mm -hmm. And that that too, for me, has has changed um, my ability to to look at people and to make connections to people, and that's that's been something that I've definitely benefited from as well. And I suspect that those types of opportunities will be available to graduate students in your programs as well. Yes. So 
that's cool. Well, thank you, Dean Gross Scott, for spending some time with me today and sharing your insights into graduate education at UCA. And thank you to our listeners for listening to this episode of Grad Chats with Dr. B. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and listen to future episodes. Thank you.